from the 50, Midweek Edition. Hello, everybody, and welcome in on back to the From the 50 Midweek Review presented by Book It Sports and Aces Wild. You can download the Book It Sports from the App Store today and visit Aces Wild at 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. Book It Sports got a lot of fun stuff going on. You can gamble on the playoffs. I think they got draft props. They're going to have some some cool draft content tomorrow. I saw on uh, Nick's Twitter page, they got Robert Turbin in the house. Uh, their, their very own TCU offensive lineman, <laughs> their, their, their graduate, who is uh, one of the co-founders of the company over there. So uh, they're doing some fun stuff. And uh, go over to Aces Wild. Hey, hell, watch the draft of Aces Wild. Throw some darts, hang out, drink some beer, and have a good time. Again, that's 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. Tally, this is the last show we have before the draft. This is the penultimate show that we will do before next football season. And so let's make it a good one, man. We got some good stuff to talk about today. Uh, we got we got a couple of trades to talk about, and then we're going to go through my mock draft, my second annual mock draft. I have waited till like the day of the draft basically to do it because I'm not one of those guys. I don't like doing like five mock drafts. Like uh, a lot of the the blue checks on Twitter like to do, and just do make certain predictions for shits and giggles. I I try to make you know one attempt at what I think is going to happen, and it's a predictive mock. It's not what I would do if I was the general manager. So don't get mad at me. It's just what I think is going to happen. I'm trying to put myself inside the head of the general manager, head coach, whatever. So first things first, though, I th- we had two trades, one much larger than the other. The Kansas City Chiefs acquired Orlando Brown from the Baltimore Ravens, and we talked about how ball, how Orlando Brown was a little unhappy. Ronnie Stanley goes down, uh, and so Brown slides over from right tackle to left tackle, kills it, and he thinks, well, I don't want to play right tackle. I don't want to go back to right tackle when Stanley comes back because I could be a left tackle, and I want to get paid left tackle money. So... I've heard two different schools of thought on this. People that think Orlando Brown is nuts because right tackles are just as important as left tackles, which is true. Uh, A lot of the premier pass rushers in the NFL line up over the right tackle. Khalil Mack exclusively lines up over the right tackle. Von Miller exclusively lines up over the right tackle. If you're playing the San Francisco 49ers, you have Nick Bosa, but then you also have D Ford. Uh, if you're, if you're playing, you know, some of these, some of these other teams with two premier passers, like the Broncos have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, you need two good tackles. But I, I, on the, on the flip side of that argument, the fact of the matter is left tackles get paid more. So Orlando Brown, it doesn't take a genius to just look at what left tackle contracts are compared to right tackle contracts. And he goes, I can play left tackle. I'm good at it. I want to play left tackle. So I don't fault Orlando Brown at all. I think sometimes I get pigeonholed as, a player hater, you know, like uh, I'm yeah. always on the ma- side of the management. And I think the player is dumb. In this case, I'm totally on Orlando Brown's side. Like if it were me, I would think the same thing. And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, no offense to you guys. I don't want to play right tackle and then get extended as one. I am a good left tackle. So pay me as such. So he gets a deal to go to, I mean, probably the best team in the NFL uh, in the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs had a huge need. They cut both of their tackles. Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. So they definitely needed a tackle back. They cut both of those players in an effort to get Trent Williams, which of course didn't work out for them, but they kept swinging. They, they turned around, asked, asked Baltimore, Hey, what's it going to take to get this deal done? 
and they were able to get done. And Tali, do you have the graphic of the of the picks of the compensation given up for Orlando Brown? So the Chiefs receive Orlando Brown a second round pick this year and a sixth round pick next year. The Ravens get the number 31 pick this year, a third round pick this year, a fourth round pick this year, and a fifth round for next year. Which is which is huge for the Ravens, who are yeah. going to continue to just build build their team with just solid players. I mean, I think that's kind of what their mantra has been since they've gotten Lamar Jackson. They just want to have talent all over the field and be as solid and as deep as they possibly can and i think they definitely do that there's guys every year that's like former third fourth fifth round picks that kind of just break into the starting lineup it's like they have their own farm system on the 53-man roster kind of which is really unique but uh especially at the edge rusher position it feels like they just farm them um so they get pick 31 they get an extra two an extra three so those second and third round picks i think most gms and front office people will tell you those are the most valuable because you find first round talents on that second day that can really make or break your team. And then even if they're not stars or first round talents, so to speak, you can get quality high end starters that'll start on your team for five, seven, 10 years. So I think this is a great trade by the Ravens. The, the, the chiefs really gave up a lot to get Orlando Brown, but if you look at, you know, what their options were, they would be essentially throwing Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, to the Wolves if they didn't get somebody to at least fill one of the tackle spots. Now, what's interesting is they still have a hole at right tackle, but uh, they they do get a, a really quality left tackle to protect Patrick Mahomes' blindside for the foreseeable future in Orlando Brown, a guy that which, by the way, we're talking about drafts. I was on Orlando Brown. Everybody else thought he was too slow and too big. And I liked Orlando Brown as a first round pick and the Ravens got him and uh, he's, he's been really good. Um, he's Mackay Becton like, I mean, the guy is just huge. He's massive. So uh, the, the chiefs got a good one in him. They paid a hefty price to do it, but they're going all in. And so we'll see if it works out for him. This is definitely though. I mean, we talk about the 49ers, we talk about the bucks, like, these teams that keep kicking the can down the road to go all in the Rams, I think are a great example of it. Eventually that depth's going to come back and kill you. And it's already starting to hurt the chiefs. They've had holes on their team the last couple of years. I don't think they've really ever had just a totally dominant team. The year they won the super bowl, the defense was good. Uh, but this, this past year, the defense was bad. The year they lost to the Patriots, the defense was bad. And then they obviously had protection issues, uh, this year as well. In addition to the defense. So, um, they're they're going all in to try to you know get add as much premier talent to the roster to help out the guys that are already there as possible. But eventually, you know, Travis Kelsey's going to retire. Tyreek Hill's going to get traded or retire. Uh, you're going to lose Tyran Matthew. You're going to lose some of these talented players you have on the team. So when you aren't able to replace those with second and third round picks, like the Packers were able to transition from Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb to Devonte Adams because they picked him in the second round. So when you give those up. You're just you're gonna be a really thin team. So that's pretty much all I have to say on that. Let's move on real quickly. Teddy Bridgewater get, goes to the Denver Broncos for a sixth round pick, straight up to the Carolina Panthers. Low compensation given up by the Panthers uh, for, for the for the Broncos. They get somebody to push Andrew Luck. It effectively takes them out of the quarterback market, which I think is the biggest story in that trade because they were they were considered to be one of the more popular teams to potentially trade up and get one of. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. So now that's obviously not going to happen. Uh, I think at the end of the day, Drew Locke starts the year 
And if he falters, maybe by week seven, week eight, you see Teddy, and then they're in the market for a QB next year. But uh, Teddy Bridgewater, they did sign him as as the starter in Carolina. So, well, you made the point we're talking off the air, Tolly, that Drew Locks on a on a rookie contract, and he's not a first round pick, so he's very cheap. But I think the reason you see Teddy go for only a six round pick is because the contract's pretty massive for yeah. for the talent. So, uh, yeah, I think Broncos it's like essentially get him for nothing. Mil. Yeah. So uh, let's let's move on to the draft. Um, right. And we got the mock draft pulled up here, and you guys can see it. And if you if you are having trouble like reading the actual names, I'd recommend to go full screen, and then I think you'll have some better luck. But we're gonna read them off to you anyways. This is my second annual mock draft, and again, just so you know, this is a predictive mock draft. And I did do trades. I kind of think the, the the mock draft purists say they say that you shouldn't do that. But to me, Tolly, like, is there going to be trades in the draft? We'll see. I mean, there What's will it? be trade. There will inevitably be trades in the draft. So to do, to do one as if nobody's going to trade, I think that's <laughs> stupid. Wasn't um, it last year? A couple years ago, there was like only one trade in the first round. Uh, I think last year I definitely expected there to be more than there than there ended up being. It always feels like there's one in like the at, in the top ten. There's one in like the teens, uh, and then it feels like once you get into the twenties, a lot of teams slide out. Like teams that are like, well, they don't have a second, third, or fourth round pick. It's like, well, you need to probably trade back and get a couple picks to field a football team. But I mean, yeah. if you think about it too, it's like. San Francisco traded up to three. We get we've gotten you know a trade with Miami and and uh, Philadelphia from six to twelve. We have gotten a couple of trades like like Baltimore at the back end slides back up to thirty one. So uh, there's already been some some movement. It doesn't all necessarily occur on draft night, but uh, these these picks have been traded. So let's start out with the obvious. We'll go every five picks here. Uh, when the first five, I, I not a whole lot of surprises. Trevor Lawrence, number one to the Jags. Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets. I did pick yeah. Mac Jones to the Niners. And Tali, if you remember, I think, what was it, two weeks ago, I said, my mock draft will not have Mac Jones going to the 49ers. I think you said that last week during my mock draft. And you know what I've come around on? And I think it's just pretty good, pretty well sourced. It doesn't change my opinion of the pick. If they do this, I, I think it's like, borderline a fireable offense <laughs> no regardless of the success that mac jones has because you didn't need to do it now i have heard rumors that carolina was interested in mac jones at eight i don't think it's a coincidence that san francisco traded up to three and then shortly after that carolina traded for sam darnold the tea reading the tea leaves when i was really researching and studying who do i want to put there is it justin fields is it trey lance is it mac jones I ended up thinking it was Mac Jones because I just think Kyle's arrogant enough to do it. <laughs> and I, th I, I kind of believe the reporting now that they had a player in mind. And then the fact that they came out with the report tally in the middle of last week, and this was after we did our show, that they were down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I, I do believe that report. I don't believe they're considering Justin Fields there at three anymore, which is who I thought they were going to take. So when it came to the point where it's like, well, they're either taking Mac Jones or Trey Lance. It, it would really be crazy if they took Trey Lance. Now, I would like that pick. I think Trey Lance is the second-best quarterback in the draft. But I just don't believe that's that's who they're picking because the story all along when they traded was Mac Jones is who they like. And now it comes out, oh, well, it's Mac Jones and Trey Lance, which kind of made me believe the story that I didn't previously believe in the first place. I'm just starting like 
to to kind of come around and think like I I just think that Kyle is gonna pick Mac Jones. I so, just feel it in my bones. He's gonna well, fucking do it. What I've and been light hearing, the world on fire. <laughs> what I've been hearing is that Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones. The front office wants Trey Lance, and it's and a battle. If that's of the case, who's if that's the case, the decision. they're taking Mac Jones. You better because Kyle is pulling the punches and Kyle makes the decisions. So I'll tell you one thing. I'm getting really sick and tired of Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Did you see the quote that he had over the weekend where he said uh, they asked him if Jimmy G was going to be on the roster on Sunday? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't know if anybody in the world is going to be alive on Sunday. Yeah. So like listening to a little bit too much Green Day in Marvin's room is Kyle well, Shanahan. It made and for needs epic to dial it responses back. from George Kittle, though. He said, oh, don't worry, coach. I'll call you on Sunday and let you know if I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's absolutely He's he's starting to get on my nerves a little bit, you know. Like I don't really like the 49ers to begin Trolling with. I think he's everybody. a hell. I think he's a hell of a coach, but I, I do I, I I do think like he walks around with a little bit too much swagger for a guy that has fucking lost every season except for one. And when you look at that team that won the NFC, they were loaded, and it was mainly the defense is why they won. Yeah, I would I would love to have had Nick Bosa on the defensive front with DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, and you had you had so many top picks, you could afford to just blow Solomon Thomas and not even have him contribute to the team. And you y- you fucking pooped out Fred Warner and George Kittle in the middle of the draft, which they do deserve credit for that because those weren't high picks, but. Uh, all the premium selections they've had, like Brandon Ayuk, Debo, Samuel, then they, they're not paying anybody. So they signed Richard Sherman. So they were able to uh, to grab, who's the other premier guy they had on the team that year? The, the year they won the FC, they traded for Emmanuel Sanders that year, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. They also had their running backs come out big out of nowhere that have not done anything since well, that year. And, and again, I, I do think that Kyle deserves some credit for that. Like Raheem Mostert's been on like six yeah. or seven different teams before he got to San Fran undrafted or like seventh round. Mm-hmm. And so he, Kyle deserves the credit for that. I'm just, I'm just saying like he, he, you would think he's like the Bill Walsh of freaking offense. And, <laughs> yeah. and the fact of the matter is he's not like, like for him to, to do this, if he does this and takes Mac Jones at three trading, Two first round picks in addition to his first round pick this year to move up six spots. It it's 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 so negligible. It's 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 negligible. And uh I think he's I think he's gonna do it, Tolly. I really do. I don't think he gives a shit. So we'll we'll see. And I'm not saying Mac Jones is gonna be some bust. I think he's gonna have success. I mean, if he's playing in the Shanahan offense, he'll have some degree of success, but he is not. I mean, do you think Mac Jones, like MVP quarterback, do you think Mac Jones, like on Patrick Mahomes' level, on on Tom Brady's level, uh, he's not ever going to be that type of quarterback. So, like, to me, it's just, it's just such an irresponsible pick. Um, let's move on to four and five, though, so we don't take up the whole show talking about San Fran. I do think that's the biggest story in the draft uh, for what it's yeah. worth. What does San Fran do at three? Uh, because that that will determine how the how the rest of the draft falls, as well as this next pick, Atlanta yep. for taking Kyle Pitts. I, I think I think there's a better shot that they take a quarterback than I think a lot of the media is giving them credit for right now. The the pressure to pick Justin Fields here is going to be immense. You have a, a new GM and a new head coach, so they're going to want to get their guy. I mean, if I, if I'm the new GM and head coach, I'm thinking I'm not going to be back up here at four again. So I need to get my quarterback of the future right now and 
you know, build for that position since it goes so high. I need to do that right this second uh, rather than taking a Kyle Pitts, for example. But at the, end, at the end of the day, I don't feel like Atlanta wants to take a quarterback. I don't feel like that front, front office and coaching staff is ready to kind of put their put their nuts on the table and stake their careers to a, to a quarterback. I don't think they're ready to do that. And so for that reason, I think it's a, like a pretty safe pick to just pick Kyle Pitts, the best non non quarterback, and uh, get it get a big time weapon for Matt Ryan right now. And then down the road, when you do eventually replace Matt Ryan with another uh, with another guy, looks like we lost Tolly. So we'll keep going. Uh, five, we got Panay Sewell to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is another pick. Like they, I think they're picking one of three guys. It's either Pitts, Sewell, or Chase here. And I, I, I think that part of the media has let, blown this out of proportion a little bit. I think if Kyle Pitts slips to five, that's probably the pick. But Panay Sewell has been their guy all along. The scar on Joe Burrow's knee tells tells the story. You have to draft some protection for Joe Burrow. And, and, and I'd give Jamar Chase a really long look at five, but I, I just, at the end of the day, I think that it's it's more important to draft the premier offensive tackle. Tally and I talked about it on the podcast last week. They have T. Higgins, who had 700 receiving yards. They picked him early in the second round last year. I think they view him as their good young wide receiver. I, I don't think they're going to get Jamar Chase unless they're forced to, and I think they're basically going to have their pick. I think Miami, this is just the easiest, easiest spot in the world for them. Whoever of Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell, and Jamar Chase falls, that's who you take. And if four quarterbacks go before you, you get your pick between one of those two guys. I think that in in, in order for Miami, this is a worst-case scenario. I think they'd like to take Pitts. Then I think they'd like to take Sewell. And then, but I think they're totally fine taking Jamar Chase, too. So uh, in, in this case, they get Jamar Chase. So we'll go 7, 8, 9, 10 now. Welcome back, by the way, Talia. I think yeah, we had some thanks. technical difficulties. We did. So, Hopefully this all turns out okay because I'm not real <laughs> sure what happened there. So here's, I think, probably my craziest pick in the draft. I have the Patriots trading up with the Detroit Lions to get Justin Fields. I, I don't think that the signing of Cam Newton yelling at the dogs. I don't think that the signing of, of Cam Newton was like a one-off. I think they definitely want to get somebody that has some athleticism that can do some things in that offense, different from what Tom Brady brought to the table for 20-plus years. Just because Cam Newton is a little bit of a dinosaur and he shot injury-wise at this point, I don't think that they're going to look at that and be like, okay, well, that didn't work. we got to go back to the standard pocket passer. They've been tied to Mac Jones. I don't think they want any part of Mac Jones. If you look at New England and – Assuming Bill Belichick follows the Bill Parcells line of thinking when it comes to drafting quarterbacks, they like three-year starters, guys that have been successful to have a long resume in college. That ain't Mac Jones. He's a one-year starter at Alabama. It ain't it ain't Trey Lance who started like sixteen or seventeen games. It's not Zach Wilson who's who's been a one-year wonder. Go look at his twenty nineteen stats. They're awful. Uh, it's it's Trevor Lawrence which obviously is out of the question, and it's Justin Fields would be the next best because he's been a multi-year starter at Ohio State. Before that, he did get some playing time at Georgia. So I I think that New England, Justin Fields fits a lot of what they want to do. He's very Cam Newton-like in some of his skill set. He's he runs like a sub four five forty at the quarterback position, which is unheard of. He's really tough. He's a leader. I think he's going to work in Foxborough. I think new. If I had to put my money on it, I would guess that Bill Belichick likes Justin Fields. I think he probably likes Trey Lance too, 
but I think he likes Justin Fields a lot. And so if, if Justin Fields makes it past Atlanta, I think New England is in play for him. Do you think that they would take, if they don't trade up to get one of these guys, or if Justin Fields uh, goes forward to Atlanta or wherever, could you see them taking Kyle Trask from Florida? Uh, no, no, I know. Not in the first, not in the first round. Are you talking not, like not in the first round, but later? I don't know where you have him graded. Second, um, third, fourth round. I have round. him. I, I, I have him graded as like a mid round pick. Yeah. I, I think it's possible, but like I think Stidham was a better prospect coming out than Kyle Trask is. Everybody says Stidham sucks. Like I, I don't, I don't totally buy that. I mean, I, I think Stidham was, was given kind of a tough situation. I mean, they signed Cam before he really even got a chance. He's, he's never taken first rep. Uh, snaps in practice. So yeah. uh, I, at the end of the day, I just feel like what was Kyle Trask is not much of an upgrade over over uh, what you already have on the roster in Stidham. Now, I do think what's kind of interesting, if you wanted to go like mid-round quarterback, what about like a Kellen Mond? Um, a guy that, again, like reminds me of Dak Prescott, does some different things, has some athleticism. Uh, he's a guy that's definitely going to go, I think, on day two. And um, we'll have a chance to get some snaps. So if, if New England goes with like Waddle, I think that's like if they don't go with a quarterback, Tolly, I think Waddle's definitely a guy I'd watch out for. They're definitely moving. They're moving up or they're moving down. I think that they probably have a quarterback in mind for a move up. And if if, if, if they don't and Waddle's gone, they're going to like, they're probably going to slide, slide back and then just take a solid guy in the twenties or something like that and let somebody else come up and, and take a guy, but uh, I definitely think that they have their eyes on this quarterback class. I think I think Bill's lurking in the shadows, and I think he's finally going to take a take a first round quarterback this year. So Micah Parsons to Carolina, Patrick Sertain the second to Denver, and uh, Rayshon Slater to Dallas for Carolina. They replace uh, Luke Keekley. I think that's like too hard to pass up. Micah Parsons probably the best all around defensive player in the draft for Denver. They need a, cor- a corner. Uh, Sertan to me is, is the clear number one in this draft class. I, I love JC Horn, but I just think that w- with the measurables, like Patrick Sertan's like exactly what you look for. He's got really long arms, like six foot one, over 200 pounds, runs the way you want, plays the way you want, has the resume, started at corner for Alabama for, for multiple seasons. I think three years he's been a, a start, if not starting, like he's taken meaningful snaps all three years. So, uh, I think Patrick Sertan is going to be too tough for Denver to pass up. Now, I've seen some people say that suggest uh, linebacker here. I think Micah Parsons is a possibility. I've seen offensive tackle suggested. I don't really see them spending a pick, though, on offensive tackle with the emergence of uh, Garrett Bowles. Now, you do need to. I have actually heard a draft rumor that uh, they want Rayshon Slater in that spot. So watch out for that. Uh, but I, to me, I, they just have such a glaring need at corner with, uh, you know, AJ Bouye, uh, departing and, and, uh, well, do they have AJ Bouye still? I always keep forgetting that, but they don't have Chris Harris anymore. They definitely have a need on that back end and that's where they need to improve. Uh, for Rayshon Slater, Dallas, you need to start building the offensive line. You got to protect Dak. He, I, he cannot be dislocating his, his, his leg anymore. That, yeah. that can't happen. So, uh, they get Rayshon Slater here. Not really a Jerry Jones pick, but it's it's one that they got to make, and uh, I think that they'll do it. Let's go 11 through 15. New York Giants take Jalen Waddle at 11. Philadelphia takes J.C. Horn at 12. The Los Angeles Chargers get Elijah Vera Tucker, and then we get a trade at number 14. The Washington football team moves up and takes the last quarterback 
of the five. They get Trey Lance at number 14. And then the Lions, you got to be loving this if you're if you're the Lions. And I think this kid has a decent shot of happening. If they trade down, for example, with the Pats, I think there's a really good shot. Like, as I was doing it, it just feels like Devontae Smith is not going in the top 10. I mean, yeah. unless Waddle goes ahead of the Giants and the Giants take uh, Devonta Smith, I don't see the Chargers taking him. I don't see the Vikings taking him if they stay put. I don't see Philadelphia taking him. I definitely don't see Denver taking him or I Carolina. Philadelphia might be the earliest that he goes. I don't think I don't think Philadelphia well. will take him. And I think that wide receivers been suggested for them. I don't think they're going to go go back down that road. Their defense is so bad. They can't draft him clearly. I just think that they're going to get away from the bad press and and try to draft uh, a quality player. And like J.C. Horn is, he's exactly what they need in Philly. And and I don't really see how they're not going to get one of either Sertan or Horn at, available to them at twelve. Yeah. So, but uh, Jalen Waddle with the Giants seems to make a lot of sense to me. They did just get Kenny Galladay, but Jalen Waddle is a great compliment to him. He does a lot of things that I think the Giants will be interested in doing. Uh, he's going to help Daniel Jones. They, If this is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones, they do have to put more weapons around him. Don't sleep on Dave Gettleman. I think he he will draft defense if he feels like he has a good defender out there. Uh, so I think J.C. Horn's in play for the Giants at, at 12. If if Sertan slips, if Parsons slips, like those are all guys that I think are going to be in play for the Giants. Um, but... At the end of the day, I think they probably go Jalen Waddle if he's if he's available at number eleven. The value is good, uh, and Waddle's just such an explosive playmaker, and he would he would give Daniel Jones a lot of options uh, in that offense. Um, Philadelphia, we already talked about them. They get the corner they need. Elijah Vera Tucker can slide all around the line. Kind of feels like now he's the, they're going to try to start him at tackle. It feels like he's being listed as a tackle now. I have him listed as a guard. Uh, most people think he's going to play guard in the NFL, um, but he can. Sl- he has versatility. I mean, that's what's great about him. He can slide all over. Um, and the Washington football team, I, I really feel strongly that they're going to come up and get a quarterback this year. I think they're going to try. I don't think they're going to totally force the issue. Like if they miss out on Trey Lance, like no big deal. We'll run it back with Fitzpatrick this year, and then we'll for sure be in the mix to get a guy next year. But when I look at you know who Washington wants to take in this draft. I think they they could add another sick defensive piece down there at 19, but I think that they have the goods to come up and get a quarterback, and I, I don't think they have a whole lot of competition. I, I mean, I really don't think they have a ton of competition for Trey Lance. I think that they can kind of go up at their leisure. I think that the big thing is, like, in this scenario, they're trading ahead of Detroit, who I think is definitely going to consider a quarterback. They're in play for a quarterback. It, it feels like... Yeah. Probably going to roll it with Goff for a year and see what happens, but they could take a QB. And uh, if if it's been suggested that they'd like to trade down from seven, I had them doing that in this draft. But then back at 15, if they're like, well, Trey Lance still on the board, they, they might just go ahead and take him. So I, I think Washington football team is is going to come up. I, I don't think I don't. The reason I didn't have them trade up with Denver is because I don't think Denver wants to slide back that far. I don't think they want to slide all the way back to 19 and miss out on the on the top end talent of the draft. So I think Washington is going to be stuck from, from uh, a standpoint in terms of trading up. Cause also look at the teams ahead of them, Dallas, New York, Philly, they ain't trading with the Washington football team. <laughs> so they can't trade in 10, 11 or 12. They would literally have to come up to like eight or nine to get uh Lance. And here's the other thing. I did have Carolina taking Parsons. 
don't sleep on the Panthers drafting Trey Lance either. I know they have Darnold, and I don't. I, I if I had to put my money on it, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I felt really good about that before they acquired a quarterback, and I I I, I don't think that just because they brought Darnold in means that they're necessarily done. If they love Trey Lance, they'll they'll pick him. Uh, so let's go 16 through 20 now. Arizona gets Zaven Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. Uh, Las Vegas gets Christian Barmore, uh, defensive tackle from Alabama. Miami gets Jeremiah owusu koromoa the linebacker from Notre Dame. Minnesota, in a trade with the Washington football team, gets Christian Darasaw, an offensive tackle much needed for them. And then at 20, Chicago gets Greg Newsom, the second corner out of Northwestern. Tyler, did you see anything 16 through 20 that kind of jumps out at you? Not really. I mean, honestly, I think our mock drafts have been pretty close so far. So I I do have some sourcing on the Arizona pick at 16. I have heard, and it's been reported, that if Arizona at 16 has the top two corners off the board, has Micah Parsons off the board, and Jalen Waddell off the board, they're going to go take Zayvon Collins. I've, I've heard, they said NBC has reported like write it in stone that they're going to take Zayvon Collins. We'll see if that actually happens. I mean, I'm a huge Zayvon Collins guy. You know this. So yep. it doesn't surprise me that there's teams out there that actually, that absolutely love him and Arizona definitely needs a linebacker. So uh, I think that Zayvon Collins makes some sense. And uh, I, th- I think it's one of the, probably if you just look at the mock draft, you're like, Whoa, like that's, that feels a little early. He's going in front of a Koromoa. He's going at 16 overall. Like that feels like high end for, for Zayvon Collins. But I'm telling you, he's such a rare athlete. He's like six, four and runs the way he does. That's why I comped him to Brian Urlacher. There just ain't many people like Zayvon Collins walking around the gridiron. So right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona scoops him up. Keep in mind, this is a team that drafted another freak last year in Isaiah Simmons. Now they haven't been able to use him because Vance Joseph kind of stinks, but they like their freak shows o- over in Arizona. And uh, I think that they're going to be interested in Zayvon Collins. Wide receiver, I think, is definitely in play for them. Although, I don't see why you need to get overzealous in investing in that position when you have all the weapons that they do. I, that's one of the things that like, I've seen them wide out mock to them so many times. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, yeah, like, like if anything, like take a tackle, yeah. you know, or, or or get a defensive tackle. Like I think Barmore here makes some sense, but uh, at the end of the day, I think like they they do need to improve improve their defensive side of the ball and get some get some playmakers that can get you some stops because right now I think that's kind of what they're lacking is those difference makers on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they got Chandler Jones and now they got JJ Watt. Put somebody in the middle of that defense that can make some plays. Christian Barmore to to Las Vegas. Uh, pretty standard pick. I I'm done predicting what John Gruden's gonna <laughs> yeah. do. Um, I, I think Jeremiah Wusu Koromo is a guy for Miami that makes a lot of sense to them. I think that uh, Brian Flores probably flipped on his tape and about wet himself. Uh, he he's a great defensive coach, and I think that he's gonna love a guy like uh, Jock as he's known. Yeah. My Minnesota gets the tackle that they that they've needed, and uh, then Chicago they got to get a corner. Like I was looking at their needs. I don't see how you don't pick a corner. I don't yeah. see how you don't how you pick anybody but a corner. It's got to be Newsom or Farley. I also it had Newsom. I had Newsom going to them as well. It, it, it feels, and I want the pack. That's my draft crush for the Packers. I really <laughs> think he fits great in Green Bay, and I really hope that they get him. But every single time I got to the Bears pick, I was like, this has to be a corner. At first, I, it was Caleb yeah. Farley. I was like, but then I'm I've been reading up. Like I think I think Caleb Farley might not go in the first round. Yeah. Now. With uh, his, his back issues. issues. So uh, 
Greg Newsom went to Northwestern. It makes way too much sense. So let's I go 21. I saw a mock this morning, I think, that had him fall, Greg Newsom falling all the way to 30 to Buffalo. And I was like, if they get that guy at 30, Chris Sims incredible. did not have him in the first round. So wow. I think he's a guy that definitely has some different evals out there. I mean, sometimes these late risers are like that. Yeah. Uh, some people just don't ever hop on the bandwagon, but with Greg Newsom, he he's got the he's got everything that you want. I mean, he's he's every bit the play, the player physically that Sertan is. He just doesn't have the resume and and just hasn't made the plays. But like like physically, I mean, they're they're the same guy. He's six foot one. I think he's a little lighter than Sertan is, but runs well. You know, great cover corner. So. Let's go uh, 21 to 25. I'm trying to like maybe jinx the Bears a little. Like hopefully they don't take Greg Newsom. I, I seriously though, I don't know. Like if I don't know how you could even take an edge. Like I, I seriously don't know how you take anybody outside of, of a corner. Like even if Owusu Koromoa slipped to them, like that was like a guy I think I'd consider mocking to them because of that defense and everything. But it's like, I, you need a corner. You have to get one. Uh, they, this is exactly why you sign people in free agency, so you don't have to do what the Bears are going to have to do and take a corner no matter what. Lucky for them, I think it's going to work out for them because Greg Newsom is a good player and the value is pretty right. Um, 21 through 25, Pay, edge out of Michigan, going to the Indianapolis Colts. I got a trade. The Green Bay Packers trading up with the Tennessee Titans to get Rashad Bateman, a wide receiver in the first round, something they have not done in quite a long time. Um, I've, I've, I've let go, Nick, I've given up. I don't expect them to take a linebacker. I know it's never going to happen. So just, you know, I, this year, I don't think they, they're going to be hard pressed to disappoint me because I love the wideout options at the end of the first round. I love the tackle options at the end of the first round. Like, even if they don't get Tevin Jenkins, like if they get Tevin Jenkins or Leatherwood, like I'm cool with that. And if they draft like somebody like Sam Cosme, eh, you know, but uh, they, they, they're going to be hard-pressed to disappoint me this year. What would you do if they were they traded all the way up to seven? Well, I guess Detroit probably wouldn't trade with them. Maybe they trade with Carolina at eight, and they get Micah Parsons. They get Parsons? Yeah. That's a lot. It's like, well, if they'd move up that far, they'd have to give up next year's first for sure. <laughs> probably they'd have to give up a lot of picks. But, I mean, I, I would like Parsons. That's never going to happen, though, Tali. <laughs> yeah. They don't care about linebackers. They just don't. So, but uh, Rashad Bateman, I, I love him. So uh, I think that Green Bay is going to potentially move up for a wide out. I think Green Bay is basically going wide out tackle or corner here. Um, and uh, good with me. Yeah. So uh, the Jets are going to, I think, double up on the line and take Tevin Jenkins. This is like, how do you not take this guy? If he's available and you got Zach Wilson, you got Makai back then last year who looked really good. Like take Tevin Jenkins, man. I, and you you get a running back like in the second or third round. You got Denzel Mim on the team. Maybe you take a gadget guy in like like the fourth or the fifth round. They definitely need some defensive pieces. I think edge is an easy choice for them if they don't go with a tackle here. You know, like get a guy for Robert Solid to use off the edge. But uh, Tevin Jenkins is fits the scheme well. I, I and and you get like a, a a pair of bookends for Zach Wilson. From day one, these guys can grow together, and you establish a culture up front to hopefully give him the best chance to succeed. At 24, I had Pittsburgh taking Landon Dickerson for the longest time, but just do it, Pitt. Take Najee Harris. It's going to be so fun. I I, I don't know how if this is going to happen, Tolly, because Le'Veon Bell, third-round pick, James Conner, second or third round pick. They they find these running backs in the mid round. So 
I've heard, though, that they're pretty serious about committing some high draft capital to running back. Najee Harris would be a perfect stealer. I think they're more serious about running the ball, though, than they have been in years past because they know Big Ben's getting old, because they have such an elite defense. I think that's going to be what they try to do to take some pressure off the next guy that they bring in. So uh, I think Najee Harris makes a lot of sense here, and he's my best running back anyway. So I, I, I would love it if Pitt did that. I think that would be just so fun for us to watch. At 25, Jacksonville, I got him taking Rondale Moore out of Purdue. I got to think Urban Meyer's going to take somebody he's pretty familiar with with his first pick. You know, I, I had Jalen Phillips there at one point. I had some other guys there at, at one point. I don't think they go edge here, Tali, because they did draft Caleb on Chase on and Josh Allen in, in the first round in the last two years. So while they haven't been very good, I, I don't think that they're going to invest another pick in the edge position uh, at, at a similar price point to the other two guys that haven't really worked out. And they took C.J. Henderson in the first round last year pretty high as well. So I kind of don't think they're going to take another corner super high, especially the way it falls. It's like, what are you going to do? Like you're going to take Caleb Farley. Are you going to dip in, dip your toes in with Asante Samuel jr? Maybe, but I kind of doubt it. I think urban's going to take a guy that he knows or that he tried to recruit or played against. And he still sees Rondale Moore in his nightmares from the game that they played against Ohio state. He had tortured the Buckeyes in his career, and I think that Urban's probably going to be like, sign me up for that. Ronald Moore's a really good player. Not really getting the love that I think that he deserves, but uh, I threw him in the mock draft. So let's go 26-30. to 30. Cleveland is going to take Trayvon Morig. He's a safety out of TCU. Baltimore is going to take Jason Owe. He's an edge out of Penn State. Uh, New Orleans really needs a corner. I think they get Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, out of Florida State. 29 Tennessee with the trading Green Bay takes Elijah Moore, wide receiver at Ole Miss, same school as uh, A.J. Brown. And then at 30, the Buffalo Bills get my number one edge rusher, Gregory Rousseau. Um, they they took the Bills, Ed Oliver, who was another big-time name that kind of slipped, and they had no problem pulling the trigger. Gregory Rosso, I would draft him top 10. I really would. I don't get the hesitation with him, really. He didn't play this year, but the last time we saw him on the field, he was absolutely bullying people. So and he doesn't have health issues as far as I know. I don't know if he has like off the field stuff. Like that's the only thing I can think of because to me, I don't understand. Like, yeah, so what he opted out. So did Panay Sewell. So did Jamar Chase. So did half these half these guys in the top 10, you know? But uh Gregory Rosso to me just makes a lot of sense for the Bills at 30. They need an edge rush. They need it. To me, Tali, I mean, you're, you're a Bills guy, but I, I think it's either edge or corner here at 30 for them. Yeah, there's been a lot of people mocking ETN to them or Najee Harris, another running back. That makes no sense if, to me. To me, if you're going to take a running back there because you don't like an edge or a corner guy, just trade back early second round and take them. Yeah. There's no reason to take them at 30. And I, I just, I don't know. They feel like a team that's going to go backfield by committee. And they it's not as though the two backs are oh. terrible. I mean, Zach Moss no. kind of wasn't great. But Devin Singletary, he's a good player. The issue their GM has with them is that they don't have that home run hitter guy. Well, I mean, no way to the forecast. G, didn't Brandon Bean draft those two guys? Like, what, <laughs> he did. He just hates them now? So, yeah. I mean, that's I, the other thing. Like, yeah, ETN had a lot of big runs in college, but so did... Trent Richardson like you don't know how those guys are going to translate those big plays might not ever come in the NFL 
Yeah, and, and with with Josh Allen doing so much running on his own too, I just I don't see him investing yeah. a first round pick in a running back. No. Um, the final two picks: Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle out of Alabama. He goes to the Baltimore Ravens with that newly acquired thirty first overall pick, and then Jalen Phillips is the last pick in the first round. He goes to the Bucks. I think this is like a luxury pick. Phillips' value is tough to peg for me. I could see him getting picked in the teens because he's the most talented edge rusher in the draft, I think. Maybe behind Rosso. I think I'd still probably have Rosso ahead of him. But the guy absolutely dominated in 2020. But here's the thing, and we talked about it. He's literally retired from football due to concussions. (laughs) It's not as though those just went away. So you're talking about a guy that's potentially one blow to the head away from never playing football again. Uh, I don't see how you justify taking that in the first round. Uh, but for the Bucks, it's a little bit of a luxury. Uh, unfortunately for them, this is kind of worst case scenario. It's like Quiddy Pay's gone, uh, Jason Oway's gone, Gregory Rosso's gone. It, a lot of those top guys are gone. Uh, I think maybe you consider Joe Tryon here. You could maybe get uh, Boogie Basham out of uh, Wake <laughs> Forest. Name. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> first class name yeah. there uh, for Boogie Basham, but. Uh, but I think it's a it's a little bit of a luxury pick for uh, Tampa Bay here to go edge. They're drafting him a year early. He's not going to be expected to play a whole lot. They got Vita Vea, uh, and of course they got JPP. But JPP is is playing his last year with the Bucks, so you get a jump start on that. You fill that need early. Packers did the same thing with AJ Dillon. Now they ended up re-signing Aaron Jones, but they they let Jamal Williams go. They knew they were going to max be able to bring back one of those guys, which is why they got Dillon. Um, so if you're Tampa, you can kind of get out ahead of that this year. And I think he's probably the best player available. It's like, I mean, you're picking 32. Well, let's just take a swing, you know, see what right. happens. You could, could, it, uh, strike gold here. Um, I didn't really go over picks 26 through 30 when we touched on the bills, but let's go back here. Safety is a clear need for Cleveland. Um, I, I really loved the, the safety grant Delpit, who I th- believe they drafted last year. Um, but he just hasn't really panned out. Trevor Morig is really, really good. Um, he can do a lot of different stuff. He could be gone by the time Cleveland picks, but if he's there, I think that's like that's that's pretty easy for them. Um, unless somebody else crazy is down there. But Morig's just such an he's such a solid player. Like that's like an easy double if I've ever seen it. Jason Oway is a little risky pick for me. He didn't have a sack this year. If you, the, the Ravens, you know, crap out these edge rushers. But yeah. if you look at the edge rushers they've drafted, all of them have had elite college production. Jason Owe obviously does not fit that bill, but he does fit the bill of being a freak athlete, which the Ravens also like. Aziz Ojolari is a very popular mock pick to the Ravens. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Ojolari is that good. Um, but Jason Owe, if you think you can develop these guys, pick him. Because he has the tools to be an elite edge rusher if he puts it together. He just wasn't getting the numbers and the sacks w- with Penn State. Um, Asante Samuel, I, I think I think New Orleans goes corner. Maybe they, maybe they're the team that takes a chance on Caleb Farley. Uh, Asante Samuel is only five ten. They have Patrick Robinson currently slated to play on the outside, and I kind of think Asante Samuel Jr. is going to fit better on the inside. Uh, I, I, I watched him get toasted a couple times uh, on film. Uh, namely against one of the top-end receivers coming out this year. Wasn't it Kadarius Tony? was Tony. Yeah, t- yeah. Tony Tony took a, took a slant on him about 65 yards to the crib. <laughs> and uh, 
So that wasn't great. He is a really good player. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, if the Packers ended up taking him at 29, I wouldn't be mad. But uh, he is only 5'10". The New Orleans likes tall corners. They got Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a massive human. So they, they got some some big guys on the defensive side of the ball. Von Bell was a, was a very tall player. So uh, he would go a little bit against the grain in terms of I think what they look for. I think they I think they're going to consider Farley at 28, but they really need a corner. And then Tennessee getting Elijah Moore has been like kind of a late thing. I don't think Elijah Moore is a first round player, but I dude, the noise with him is getting loud. It's getting really loud. Last yeah. year, Tennessee literally picked 29 or 31st, <laughs> I think maybe, and they picked Isaiah Wilson and I and I nabbed it. It was one of three picks I got right in my mock draft, I think. <laughs> And uh, I, I, you could just tell Isaiah Wilson was another late rounder, a late riser rather. The the noise just started getting really loud. Like, look, this guy's gonna get taken on the first night, and it's starting to feel like, hey, Elijah Moore ain't making it past pick thirty two. Like that guy is gonna hear his name called, uh, whether you like it or not. And I think for Tennessee, it makes a ton of sense. I, I think Tennessee would be wise to pick like Rondale Moore too, but like Rondale Moore and Elijah Moore are actually very similar players. Um, uh, with, with Elijah Moore, he's just like such a combination of speed and, uh, athleticism. He compliments AJ Brown. Well, they were teammates in college. It makes a lot of sense for Tennessee to pick him here. And it's part of the reason I had them being the ones to trade back. I do think green Bay is going to trade. Uh, they've moved up in every first round in the last three drafts. They've moved up every single year. So, uh, I think they're definitely going to do it again this year. It's been a, been a theme for uh, Brian Gutekinds, and I think Tennessee's a good team to do it with uh, because Tennessee, I think, has Elijah Moore targeted, to be honest with you. It's like they know, okay, well, we can slide back and we'll get Elijah Moore back into the first and be happy with that. So uh, I think the only other pick we didn't really talk about, Leatherwood to Baltimore 31. I, I, he's another guy. Like I feel like he's getting picked first round. I kind of like if the Packers go tackle and Jenkins is gone, even if Jenkins is on the board, I kind of want to see Leatherwood. Because Leatherwood is just so solid. His resume is so good. He's another guy. It's like, that's just an easy double. I mean, yeah. Leatherwood shut down guys like Caleb on Chase on out of LSU, who's now a pro. He's shut down a lot of pro edge rushers in his time. So uh, I would love to see him get picked in the first round. And uh, that does it for our mock draft. Nice job. So uh, any 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 closing thoughts that you have, Tali, before we wrap it up? Uh, remember, we will be live tomorrow for the first 10 picks. We will be live on Instagram at From the Fifty Show for the first ten picks. Uh, do you think Baltimore will take a wide receiver with either of those late first round picks? They definitely could. They, they definitely have Marquise could. Brown and Sammy Watkins. That's who well, they have. That's like on their roster. They have Miles Boykin too, don't they? Yeah, and they have. Yeah, I, talk, I thought they like, had some other young guys on the team also. I mean, there's obviously other names on there, but no one that's really going to jump off the page at you name-wise. Yeah, I mean, they definitely could. It's The the trouble with it, and the trouble I have with it, is I just kind of have a tough time seeing Baltimore invest that many resources in it when it's not something that they put an emphasis on. Like, they simply don't really care about passing the football. Uh, they, they're wanting to run it, and they're wanting to run it down your throat. So, like... I think, especially now that they've lost a tackle, a really good tackle, now they're going to pick up additional second and third round picks. I think that's where you maybe see it and pick a wideout. Yeah. Because think about how deep the wideout class is too here. 
Uh, yeah, because you don't even have Kadarius Tony and some of those guys going in the first. Yeah, round. yeah, and, and uh, l- l- let me just check my my board here. Like, like I have Rondell Moore going in the first round. Um, I I think if if I think if maybe one or two teams pass on him, it's it's entirely likely that he doesn't go in the first round. Um, you got guys like Josh Palmer from Tennessee who's going to go on the second day. Terrence Marshall from LSU. Diami Brown from uh, North Carolina. Uh, but like the, like the bigger body guys, uh, Kadarius Tony, like I, I do kind of think that that doesn't really fit what they're trying to do. Uh, cause, cause to me, it, they're not a team that would value somebody like that because they, th- now it would be interesting to see what the offense would look like with like just a true regular receiver out there. Yeah. But I just don't think like if they take Rashad Bateman, for example, which I think is a pretty popular mock pick to them. How is he going to look in that offense? Like, I don't think he's going to look that good in that offense. So, uh, so I don't know. I, I think that at the end of the day, though, they definitely need to tackle, and I think they're going to take an edge too because they lost Matt Judon. So, I, I think they'll take. A, they're definitely going to draft one at some point, and on day two would be my guess because they got two twos and two threes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I don't really think that they're going to go uh, wide out in the first. All right. I, th- I think, all right, here's one thing I'll tell you, Tali. The the tackle at one of those two picks is a virtual lock. If they don't take a tackle with one of those two picks, I'll be very, yeah. very, very surprised. So that'll do it for us here on the show. We will be live on Instagram for the first 10 picks tomorrow. You can call or text us at 904-990-FT50. Again, that's 904-990-FT50 to hit us on our text line or our call line and drop us what you think. Um, and we'll talk about it on the show. So for Tali, I'm Zach Zook. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And it's finally draft time. See you guys.